0: Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. All right, greetings, God bless you again and again. We're so glad to be in the house of the Lord. God is good. I'm glad to be here. Thank God for each and every one of you on today. Uh, That's in the sound of my voice. Well, we thank him for uh, the prayer, uh, the scripture reading, and the prayer. And uh, and God is so good. So, we're going to get right into our study. Not going to detain you, not going to hold you long. Uh, We'll come to you today uh, with somewhat of a heavy heart, but God is good and he still is in control. Uh, No matter what, God is in control. All right, you have your Bible. Let's get into our study for today. Uh, I want to use for a, a subject. Uh, God doesn't care about where, uh, you, where you were. God doesn't care where you were. What he care about really is where you are right now. Uh, he don't care about what you've done. What God care about is uh, what? What you're doing right now. So I'm I'm glad and I'm relieved that God don't care about what, what, what I was, what you was, but what you are right now. Isn't it good news? What are you right now? Well, we are we are children of the Lord. We are children of the Most High God. Thank God. Uh, in the name of the Lord. So again, we we just thank God for our given today all right look at let's look at the book of uh titus titus the uh, second chapter god does not care about uh what you were what you were and i'm so glad you know the words said in john three sixteen. 16 that, that 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 scripture everybody know john three sixteen. well for god so loved the world he so loved uh the world that that he what gave his only begotten son God loved us so much that he gave his own begotten son. And I'm I'm so glad he worded it that way. He said, God so loved the world that he that he gave his only begotten son. And then he goes on and say that whosoever, whosoever what, believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever, what do you mean whosoever? Whosoever, black, white, uh, you know, you name the races, uh, uh, uh Whosoever, whoever that man, that woman, that person might be, you can be a murderer, you can be a bank robber, you can be, you can be drug dealer, drug addict, whatever it is, just way, way out there. But God said, Whosoever. And you know, in my study of the word, when I look at this word of God all down through the Bible, uh, most people, I see a lot of people that God used. Uh, in getting the word out and turning folks' lives around, most of these people, they weren't all choir boys. You know, Uh, they weren't all choir boys. Some of them had a rough background. When I think about this great apostle Paul, that we're going to be reading uh, all of his uh, writing to this day, because we're going to be in the New Testament, uh, in these scriptures that we're going to, Paul wrote these epistles and he wrote these letters. Paul was not a choir boy. Paul uh, is one that caused a lot of people to lose their lives, caused people to blaspheme. And uh, he had folks put to death, put in prison, but God touched his life and turned him around. And this same guy that worked for the devil turned around and worked for the Lord. Isn't that something? So God don't care where you come from or what kind of background you had. He just, he just want to know, uh, are you available or, and will you be available? Uh, and work for him once he touched your life. So I look at Paul, how God changed his life. And he was, he was terrible. Now look at uh, people all through the Bible. Abraham, we talk about Abraham. He was a father of faith. And that's, that's all, that's very good. Abraham is a father of faith. He believed God, trusted God. But you know what? Abraham lied. He, he lied about his wife, Sarah, because he thought the man was going to take his life. And they asked him, they looked at Sarah. She was a beautiful Bible. She was a beautiful lady, fair to look upon. And the old men looked at her and they wanted her. And they said, is this your wife? And Abraham was afraid to tell the truth. He said, no, this is my sister. And when the men found out later that they were actually his wife, they came back to him and said, why did you tell us that that was your sister? And he went forward and said, well, I feared for my life. I thought y'all, if I ever said she was my wife, y'all were going to kill me and take her anyway. And, um, and so those men did have some decency about themselves. They said, no, we, we wouldn't want to commit such a thing. So Abraham lied. And then you look at other people. Moses was one of God's great leaders. He brought the law into existence. He, and Moses Moses killed a man. He was out there on the backside of the desert. And he saw these men rose up against the the, uh, the Hebrew children and Moses got angry about it, and Moses slew that man, killed him, whooped him, beat him down, killed him, and buried him in the sand. And so God turned around and touched Moses' heart and used him. So what I'm saying is God don't care where you were, what you've done, where you've been. Only thing he worried about is uh, uh, where you are now. As long as you are not there now, God can work with you. And I appreciate that because we all were somewhere. We all were something. You know, we all were whatever we were, X whatever, X X drunk or X something. We all X something. And uh, I'm glad God didn't really look at uh, what we were and and say, well, no, I ain't going to deal with him. But, you know, our world the way it is now, uh, if you're going to get into politics, you got to have a good name because if you are. if you've done some, some bad things, you may not win in the, in that office uh, to be in politics. Uh, you know, that's just the way people are. People aren't forgiven like God is. When Everybody knows about what's going on with the governor now in New York. He caught up in a big scandal or sexual harassment, unwanted, whatever they want to care, say it was. And uh, he's facing impeachment or resignation. So... People aren't willing to forgive and move on. But I think God is not like that. God is a God of a second chance. As long as you make your mind and say, Lord, I need help and I, I'm sorry for my sin. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Repent. Repent and turn and God will have mercy upon you. So God is not like man. So all through the Bible, I find great men who really messed up miserable. David messed up miserably. And uh, God used him. And others, I can just go on and on and on. These men weren't choir boys. And they realized that they needed God. That's That's the key right there. Realizing that you need God in whatever circumstance you might be in. And God can definitely be there for you. Oh, God can use you now. God can work with you. A lot of preachers I know today were drug dealers. A lot of them was whatever they were, crooks, and, and, uh, and, and, and God can change their lives and use them. God can use anybody that he want to use uh, and when he want to use, how he want to use. That's all up to God. But today, I'm saying God does not care about what you were, but what are you right now? In John 3, 16, verify that he so loved the world that he gave it on begotten son, that whosoever, man, that's enough to just shout off right there. Amen. That whosoever uh, believe in him. That's the key now. Do you believe in Jesus? Will you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? That whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All right, let's look at the book of Titus. Titus the second chapter. Titus, the second chapter, uh, and looking at verse number 11, Titus 2 and verse 11, that's where we want to go right now, talking about God does not care about where we were. All right, Titus 2 and 11, y'all got it? Let's take a look at it. We're going to read down through this, and we're going to kick the tires, drive around the block, and explain it as we go, see what God got for. Titus 2 11 said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. This is one of my favorite scriptures also. All of them are my favorite. But this one really, this one big with me right here. For the grace of God that brings salvation. I I thank God today for his grace. Grace, if you understood how grace works. Lord, I thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for it. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. There will come a time in everybody's life. God has appeared to everybody at once upon a time, no matter what state you was in, no matter what you were doing, the grace of God will appear to you, come to you in your life and, and, and speak to you and give you a chance to be saved. Nobody leave this world without an opportunity to, to accept Christ. God made it that way. God do it that way. He makes sure that that person, before you leave this world, before you depart this world, you'll know how miserable, how wretched you are as a human being, and you are in desperate need of a savior. So the grace of God uh, that brings salvation, that brings deliverance to us, has appeared. You see, it said all to all men. So somebody said, "Well, no." God never came to me and brought me to that point where I had to make a conscious decision to accept him or not accept him to go on in the drug dealer, the gang or whoever he might have been. At one time, they may have rejected when the opportunity came, but the opportunity came to them to change their life, and they either said yes or no. So he said the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And notice what the grace of God does in verse number 12. The grace of God teaching us. You know, the grace of God, I thank God for grace teaching me. Amen. Grace is God unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. What you done, no, you you deserve death. You deserve what you get. We deserve what we get. But the grace of God look beyond what we deserve and say, Well, I'm gonna give him a chance. You know, sometimes there are people in life, all they need is just a chance. Here's a man, all he needs is a chance. Here's a woman, all she needs is just a chance for somebody to just uh, believe in them, give them an opportunity to, to prove that they can uh, do something, turn their life around or, or make some changes in their life for the good. Yeah. That's what a lot of people need. A lot of our children need somebody to believe in them and give them a chance. And of course, we have given many of them. I know people have been given a chance, and they messed up that opportunity. But that's not that's not uh, uh, lead us into not giving people chances again. No, Uh, because everybody is different. Everybody different. Some people give them a chance; they do the right thing. Others, you give them a chance, they even they get worse. They, they let you down and they get worse. But that don't mean that I'm going to stop giving people a chance. Because if God was a God like that, he looked at all the people that he gave a chance and they let him down. And when it came to me, God, looked at me. Look at me. Well, I'm not going to give him a chance because all the rest of them I gave chance, they went the other way. So, Thomas, you don't get a chance. I'm so glad God is not like that. Aren't you all glad he's not like that today? Thank you, Lord. The grace of God has appeared to all men and, and, and hear what it does. Teaching us that uh, denying ungodliness, See, the grace of God, God favor, teach us that we should deny. And this is what people are unwilling to do. The grace of God teach us to n- deny ungodliness. If it's not like God, we should deny it. If it's not like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we should put it aside. Have nothing to do with it. I don't want, I don't want anything to do with this. Ah, I, I wash my hands. That's what the king said. When they brought Jesus to him. He said, I have nothing to do with this innocent man. I wash my hand. All this is up to you. Y'all want to crucify him? Go right ahead and crucify him. But I'm going to wash my hand. I have nothing to do with this man. And what y'all what y'all about to do to him, I have no part in that. So it teaches us that denying, denying ungodliness and worldly desires. That's what lust is. Worldly desires. We should live. Hear what grace does that appeared to each and every one of us, it taught us that we should deny ungodliness and worldly desires that we should live soberly, soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. God wants to live a righteous and a godly life. You ought to have some God in your life. This is what people need, a great big dose of God. This was wrong in our world. This was wrong in our government. They need a great big dose of God. Now, they're getting away from God. They don't want to have nothing to do with God. They don't want to even mention God. They don't want to say, God bless America. Can't say that no more. Because it ain't going to be no God bless America country anymore. So but we, what we need is God in our lives. So the grace of God teaches us that denying uh, uh, what ungodliness, and this is so, this is this is hitting the nail right on the head. And worldly, worldly, if it's worldly, if it's ungodly, if it's worldly, that we should deny it. Get away from those things because those things only come to hurt us. Those things are going to hurt us and make our lives worse than what it is. There's nothing good in the world. Nothing out there in the world any good. Only the things that be of God. That we should live, but God said we should live, there it is, we should live, what? Soberly. Sober, you know what sober is, sober. Your mind is clear. Your mind is not messed up. And this is what I see, the world is their mind is all messed up. They call right wrong and they call wrong right. If it's right, then in their eyes it's wrong. If it's wrong in their eyes, it's right. If it's up, it's down. See, this is the world we're living in. Up is down. Down is up. There's nothing nothing right anymore. Everything has just been uh, turned all around backwards. It's working in just reverse form now. That's This, this is where we are. And so he said that, that, that we should live righteously and godly. Godly. Live a godly life. Live a godly life. A life that's filled with God, brothers and sisters. Get God in your life. Don't be a heathen. Don't live a don't live a sinner life. Don't be a sinner. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's what Paul said. And he said, I, I, He said they came to save sinners among whom I am chief. Paul considered himself one of the chief sinners. Now he didn't look upon himself as a no choir boy. He said, I'm a chief sinner. You know, chief, here he was. He, I'm a big devil. I was a big devil when I was out there. Some of y'all were, were, were big. Y'all were chief too. Some of y'all sitting up here with me. Y'all might have been chief among sinners. In other words, I know there are some people that's just good and they don't do a whole lot of things. They they may smoke a little bit, and may drink a little bit, but they don't do a whole lot of uh, things that bad and ungodly and worldliness. But that's enough to send you to hell, whether it's a lot or a little. And then there are some people that, that they, they are, they're they the big dog when it come down to sin and come down to doing wrong and acting up and cutting up. Oh, they the big dog. Oh, yeah, they big dog. They well-known. You know, the world is orchestrated. Do you understand that the world is orchestrated? It's just like the military, the army. You got the captain. You got the uh, soldiers. You got the brigadier general. You got the colonel. You got those that are in charge. It's ranks. It's ranks. It's ranks in the army. There's ranks in the military all the way up to the president who is considered, what, the commander-in-chief. Okay, from ranks all the way down, staff sergeant, y'all understand ranks, right? Well, the world is structured the same way. There, there are some people that, uh, devil uh, Paul, and he even said, a little living, it the whole long. You don't have to do a whole lot to go to hell. It don't take a one lie to get you messed up and get your soul lost. I never forget my old bishop told us long years ago. He used to make this a, a analogy and, and put it to us, and uh, using using milk. And uh, I guess he was a little country boy, like I was. He said, how many flies have to be in your milk before you want to throw it out? <laughs> how many flies have to be? Oh, it got to be three, four flies, so you will not want to drink it. How many flies, just think about that. How many flies have to be in your glass of milk before you not want to drink it? I'm drinking this milk. That fly ain't going to hurt nothing. Okay. How many, just think about that. How many flies got to be there before you want to throw it out? Somebody said, just one fly, just one fly is too much for me. Then I do not want to drink this glass of milk. So think about sin in our life, worldly, what, what, what he's saying right here, uh, ungodliness and, and worldly love. How much sin do you think it takes to get you all messed up in the eyes of God? It don't take much, just one. Just one thing that, 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 that you shouldn't be into, that one thing is enough to cause you to lose your soul. This is why I thank God for the grace of God appearing unto us. It don't take a whole lot. I don't don't do much. I don't do much. It don't take much. It don't take much. And so this is why Paul said, here, he's teaching us that the grace of God, that bringing salvation has appeared unto every man on planet Earth. It appeared to you. And it teaches you that denying, it teaches you that you should be denying ungodliness and denying word of desire and that you should live soberly a clear mind think good you know most everybody mind now you think about everybody's mind so cloudy everybody got so much on their mind our young people has they have so much on their mind even the older people too you know as I as I progress and as I grow older I try to have as less as possible on my mind I was just saying Sister Johnson, this morning she was telling me some things. I said, you know what, though? I ain't going to worry about all that. I'm not going to worry about all that. Because as you get older and as you get wiser, I was telling my brother, we were talking about some things. And I said, you know what, brother? I'm at a point now that uh, I just ain't going to let a whole lot worry me. I know people crazy out here. You pray for them. You pray for your family. You pray for your children. But don't you let that... Don't you let that mess you up too bad now because, you know, you, you got to live too. Every day, every night, something is going wrong. Somebody's shooting just last night. Crazy man, oh, my goodness, Uh got killed last night up at the croaker store. Uh The security guard shot a man because he was playing his music too loud. He told him, turn it down. He just want to blast it. And the security guard just lost it. And, uh. Well, I'm sure he's going to have to face charges for that. You just can't shoot people because they playing that music loud. You just can't do that. But this world is so crazy. But you know what? I want all of you all to ask God to bless you to get to a point that you just ain't going to let this stuff worry you like that. I'm not going to let this stuff bother me. I'm going, I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to lay down and go to sleep at night. I know people going, People are crazy and they're going to, I hate to use the word crazy, but that's just what it is. People are crazy and they're going to be crazy in the mind until Jesus comes. They, they, they ain't going to get better. They ain't going to get no better. And so in a sense me worrying my little self about it, people are going to be the way they are until Jesus comes and, and judge us all and, and those go to the left, go go to the right, and those that inherit eternal life, those that be saved, those that be damned. That's just the way it is. But in a sense you worrying yourself and uh, getting sick and, and losing sleep. Yeah. So that's where I am now. I'm at a point now I'm not going to worry about a whole lot of stuff because I'm not going to let this world make my heart sick. I'm not gonna let people make my heart sick. Amen. I'm trying to save myself. So teaching us to deny, verse twelve, unworthiness and and, and, and unworthiness and and uh, ungodliness that is, and worldly love that we should live soberly, righteously, godly. Live a godly life, which I know you do, in this present world. Now, don't wait till you get to heaven to try to get your life straight. God wants to live it. You see what He said in this present world you got to live a godly life well well, when we all go to heaven we all going to be saying no you got to live some, something in this present world right here in the midst of these evil people this world filled with that you got to live right here live a good life how can you live a good life and sinners everywhere yeah. think about that you can do nothing but the grace of God that appear to us to help us do it yeah. everywhere you go I mean, is somebody doing wrong. Uh, you know, next door you go outside, you you smell some somebody smoking dope. You can't tell what house it coming to. On this side, that side, across the street, everywhere you go, you go to the grocery store, coming all out the car. You go in the store, you smell it all on people's clothes. He just got out the car. You just you can tell what he been doing. His clothes filled with smoke. Now, I ain't talking just no cigarette. And you can tell, you know. And so everywhere you go, sin is there. So, but we God is asking us that 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 we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present. We're right here in the midst of this stinking situation. God is asking you and I live a godly life. Can we do it? By the grace of God, we can. By everybody not corrupt. Everybody not having lost their mind. Everybody not. Uh, 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 down with that. You know, God got some people. God has some people somewhere that still love him. Y'all follow what I'm saying? They still love him. Now, let's go and look, at, look a little bit further. Look at verse 13. He said, now, the grace has appeared, and I thank God, looking for that blessed hope. I don't know about you all, but I, I am, I am today. I'm looking for that blessed hope. This is here's, this is a problem right here. People don't stop looking for that hope. They mind so clouded on other things, they forget all about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he said, waiting, looking. I'm looking. Are y'all looking? I'm er- every day. Well, the Lord didn't come yesterday. He didn't come last night, but I'm sure looking. I'm still looking. I'm still looking for that blessed hope. That's what I'm looking for. My hope is in Jesus. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm looking each and every day. I want to encourage you. Keep on looking. Well, no, he didn't come later. Keep on looking. Keep on waiting. The apostles and all of the our our, our brothers and sisters before, they died. They, they were looking in their day and time. And they were waiting in their day and time. Where well, it didn't come. They fell asleep, just went on to sleep in the Lord, looking. If we have to do the same thing, I want you to die looking, Amen. die waiting, die hoping, looking for that great, that blessed, and glorious appearance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14, shake this out. Who gave himself, oh, there it is, who gave himself for us. Didn't he do it? Who gave himself for you and I that he might redeem us from all uh, iniquity. Hallelujah. And then, check out what else he done. Not only he gave himself for us that he, that he might redeem us and buy us back from all iniquity. And he purified unto himself a peculiar people. This is what the Lord done. He gave his life for us and that he purified himself. Thank you, Lord. He purified himself. Uh, see that, what say, And purified unto himself. I'm sorry, I didn't read that quite right. And that make a lot of difference. Look at what he said. To redeem us from all iniquity, And purified unto himself every people. So when the Lord gave his life on the cross, he purified unto himself. That when he gave his life on the cross, he purified Unto himself, he purified you and I unto himself, a peculiar people. He made us pure when he gave his life on the cross. That's what he's saying. When he gave his life on the cross, he purified you and I to himself. He made us clean. The blood of Jesus cleansed us of all sin and unrighteousness. So I thank God today. He don't care where you were, but he care where you are right now. See, I think we're in a good place right now. Thank God for the grace of God. You, the grace of God is so amazing. It's so wonderful. Let me just give you this analogy about the grace of God. The grace of God has appeared unto all men. Think about two heroes, two men out in the ocean or lake or whatever. And, 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 and their ship went down, and their ship went down, and here they are swimming to shore. They swimming trying to get to the shore. Where here one man, I'm going to show you where, where we, are. we are. We are different places in God. You and I, people are in different places Just trying to get to shore. Here one man swimming to shore. He's a 100 he's he's yards out from shore, but he's swimming to shore. Here's another man 500 yards out to shore. But guess what? Both of them are out to shore. Neither one of them have made it to shore. And if they if they drown, the one that's a hundred yards from shore, if he drowned, he still has made it to shore. Mm-hmm. And the one 500 yards, if he drowned, he's still out to shore. Yeah. Follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Although the other one is close. He's closer than the other one. That makes sense in the Bible. But if both of them drown out there, guess what? Both of them, they they drown. Both of them dead. You, you dead, you dead. Whether you a hundred miles from shore or five hundred yards from shore, you drown, you dead, dead. And that's the way I look at life. That's why I thank God for Jesus. Somebody said, "Well, I don't do a whole lot. I don't party. I don't go out. I don't do all that stuff." But yet, if you if you haven't made it to shore, it doesn't matter how far you are out there. If you haven't made it in, if you die where you are, dead is dead and lost is lost. But I'm gonna show you how the blood of Jesus is the bridge. The blood of Jesus, here it is, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. The blood of Jesus, that man that's a hundred miles out the shore, a hundred yards out the shore, five hundred yards out the shore, the grace of God has appeared unto all men. And the grace of God, the shed blood of Jesus, is a bridge that'll get that man that's a hundred. Yard from shore, that a bridge he can use that bridge to get him to shore. He can use that shed blood of Jesus. The shed blood of Jesus is a bridge to get all of us shore. So, no matter how far you out there in the world of sin, if you believe in Jesus and his shed blood, that is a bridge to help get you across to where you need to be. That makes sense to anybody. And I thank God for the shed blood of Jesus being my cross because we all always out there. I didn't do a whole lot, but I did what I did. You was out there, you but you you did what you did, whether you were told to the extreme or what. But still we was out there. But the shed blood of Jesus is the bridge that gets me from where I were to where I am now. Help us get across. Lord, I thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. That's 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 what we should thank God for, the shed blood, because that's the bridge. That's the bridge. They get us across. All right. Verse thirty said, "Who gave himself for us?" Fourteen said, "Who gave himself for us? That he might redeem us from iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work." He said, "These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thou you." So uh, Paul said to Timothy, "Let no man despise thee. You keep on preaching that. Look, Jesus shed blood. It's a bridge. is gonna get all of us across. Without the shed blood of Jesus, we're nothing. We won't even make it." You can't do enough good to be saved. The, the, the blood got to get us across. The blood is what's going to get us there. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all unrighteousness and all our sin. So I thank God today for the blood. So he do not care what you were by him shedding his blood. That's the bridge, That the, 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 the gap between man and God. Think about this West Memphis bridge they just got in the fix last week. And you know that bridge separates Memphis from West Memphis, right? Well, what's the, in the midst of the separation? What's, what's, what's dividing us? What's dividing Memphis from West Memphis? The river, water, a body of water, okay? The river is what's dividing Memphis from West Memphis. But the bridge. Is there to get you across, right? So you don't have to swim across. You you can take the car and take the bridge and go right over, and you're in West Memphis. Well, that's the way the blood of Jesus is. What what separating man from God is our sins. And the shed blood of Jesus is a bridge that gets us from, from our where our sins are, that dividing us from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The shed blood of Jesus is a bridge that gets us across to where we need to be. So I thank God for the blood of Jesus. That's the bridge. Amen. You, can't, you can't swim across sin. Yes, well I, Lord, was I was. thank God for Jesus. I thank God for that blood. We sing the blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood that give me strength, the blood that flow from day to day. We'll never, it'll never lose its power. Lord, I thank God for the blood. There's power in the blood of Jesus. That blood, that blood today, Amen. that blood today gives us power. It gives us strength. Help us have hope for tomorrow. The blood of Jesus is going to get us across. Brothers and sisters, stay under the blood of Jesus. Amen. Don't get out from under the blood. Don't get out from under the blood. He said, these things speak. We got to talk about the shed blood of Jesus. You will never be saved if you don't believe in the shed blood of Jesus. You'll never be saved. Never be saved. Looking for that blessed hope. All right, let's go just a little bit further. Check this out. So he don't care where you were. He's worry about where you are right now. And by the, by the grace of God, the shed blood of Jesus is going to get us where we need to be. I thank God for the blood. I'm going to stay under the blood. Lord, I thank you for the blood today. Look at what he said in the book of Galatians. Galatians, uh, the fifth chapter. Turn there. Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Galatians 5 in verse number 5. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. But we got to wait, brothers and sisters. That blessed hope, I'm waiting today. Don't get tired of waiting. Don't stop hoping. Don't stop uh, 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 believing in the name of the Lord. Keep on, have faith. People are giving up now. They're losing hope. Everybody just, well, I uh, they're just losing hope. Don't lose hope. Don't ever lose hope. Always keep your hope and trust in the Lord. If don't, if, if, if anybody can bring us out, it's the Lord. I was I was lo- watching just a little news this morning before I left the house. Dr. Fauci was on on TV. And he was uh, 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 talking with this other news anchor. I can't think of what his name was. I, I watch him sometimes. But anyway, he was asking Dr. Fauci, what do you think about all this stuff? And he he was saying he said this stuff ain't gonna be cleared up until 2023. He said it probably won't be gone to 20. Here we are 21 right? 21. Well January we get to 22 and then 23. This is his this is his forecast. This is his outlook. Our life gonna be miserable to 23. My Lord, this is what he. This is the news we got. This all this all the world got. They all folks already tired. They already don't want to wear the mask no more. We all sick of it. I'm sick of it. You sick of it. So our life is gonna be miserable. Look, if anybody can help us, it's Jesus. Because I'm saying when we look for the world to the world for help, they have none. They have no hope. That's that's, that's hopeless, man. People need people are dying now. And all you can give us is 2023. 2023 no we need the Lord I thank God for Jesus I thank God for God shed blood and I'm putting my hope in Jesus Lord Lord Lord, watch over us take care of us Lord protect us Lord because man can't man won't man ain't even trying help us Lord that's what we got to do Lord help us our hope is in Jesus. And, and, and Paul said, waiting for that, that blessed hope. I'm, I'm waiting on him. I'm trusting him, looking to him. For we, through the spirit, we wait. There it is. We wait for the hope of righteousness. Through the spirit of God, I'm waiting. Because there ain't nothing else in this world to look forward to. This world has nothing good to offer you and I. I'm waiting by the spirit of God. And I know God won't let us down. He, 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 the Bible said he cannot fail. He do not fail. Will not fail. Can't fail. Nothing too hard for God. Nothing. Somebody say, God got me. Thank God. God got me. The world don't, but God got me. God got you. We're waiting for that blessed hope of righteousness and I'm waiting by faith. Oh yeah, I thank God for Jesus today and I thank God for the shed blood. Let's go just a little bit further. I ain't gonna hold you long. Look at, look at this in uh, the book of Colossians. Colossians. Some say Colossians. Colossians, Colossians, however you learn to pronounce it. Colossians, the first chapter and we're gonna take a look at uh yeah, take a look at verse number nine. Colossians, the first chapter, verse number nine. Check this out. God don't care where you were. Thank you, Jesus. He's just concerned about where you are now. Where are, where are you now? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a good place now. Yeah, I'm in a good place now. I, I remember hearing a man one time, out watching Steve Harvey's show, and he was on TV testifying, and uh, Steve was saying, he said, one time in my life, he was saying, I was in a dark place Dog place. Yeah. Some of you all have probably been on a dog place. Don't know which way to go, which way to turn, doing everything uh, that, that, that you shouldn't do, just doing everything, every devil, foolish thing to ever come to your mind in a dog place, into drug, into a bad lifestyle, dog place. But thank God the light shine in from the Lord, you know. Steve hardly talk about God. Now you can't hardly be Steve talking about God, how God turned his life around and blessed him. Now look, look at what he said right here. Uh, Colossians one in verse, verse number eight, who also declare unto us unto us your love in the spirit? Verse nine said, "For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled." With the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, Paul says, since the day that I heard that you accepted Jesus, believing in the, that, that, that he shed his blood for you. Since the day that I heard, we have not stopped praying for you. Yeah. Oh, thank God. You know what? You got to pray for God's people. You gotta pray for the saints. Saints need prayer. Christian, brother, sisters. you need prayer. Pray for me and I'll pray for you. We gotta pray one for the other. And we struggle down here in this old evil world. Pray for me. I need it and I'm praying for you. Paul says, since the day that I heard it, I did not, do not cease to pray for you. Are y'all praying one for the other? You're praying for your sister, praying for your brother. You got to. You got it. This is the only way we're going to make it alive out of here. We got to pray one for the other. Since the day that I heard about you, he said, I haven't ceased praying and desire that you might be. Here's another thing. I have just been praying for you. He said, I desire that you might be filled. That's my that's my hope. I'm praying. I, my desire, I'm praying that you might be filled. Somebody said, Filled. That you might be filled. Well, I'm not talking about just anything. Now I'm praying that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will. I'm praying you be filled with more God that you can that you ever had in your life. I'm praying that God will open your understanding. You will understand this Bible. You can read it and have understanding for yourself. I'm praying that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Everybody need the knowledge of God's will in their life in order in, so you can do it. You can't do it if you don't know it. Right. Lord, show me the way. Somebody said, Lord, show me, show me the way. Show me the way, Lord. I'm praying to God fill you. When you see what's going on out there in that world, what's going on in this in, in, in this corrupt society, I'm praying that God fill your mind up with the knowledge of his will. That you will know God's will, you know you know God's way versus the world way. See, that's what I'm praying for. I'm not praying you just come into a whole lot of money that you that you that you get a big car and big house on the hill. And that's that stuff will send you to hell if you don't be filled with the knowledge of God. I want you to have those things too, but I want you to be filled with the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When you get the knowledge of God, you can go anywhere and do what you want to do. You can understand how you know how to go in and come out and still be the person you're supposed to be. When you fill with the knowledge of God. Problem is you get this stuff out here in this world, you in minus the knowledge of God, you just gonna be a I hate to say it, but a fool. Nothing but a fool. And we got plenty of them. A liberal sprinkle of food, educated food. I, I mean, we have a, a liberal sprinkle. Folk going to college, they going to Harvard, they going to Yale, they going to all the university, and then nothing but an educated food Yo, they, they got knowledge of, 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 of things, but but they minus the knowledge of God, and and, and that 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 mess, that mess everything up. You need the knowledge, God. Paul said, since I heard about it, I haven't stopped praying for you that you be filled. With the knowledge of God. You got, every, you got the knowledge of everything else. And you don't have the knowledge of God in the, in the Garden of Eve. See, Adam, Adam and Eve what got them in trouble. Now, now God said they had, they then did not have the knowledge of good and evil. Until they ate the fruit that was off the tree. That's when they got knowledge of good and evil. Before they ate the truth, the fruit, all the things that Adam knew was good. All that Eve knew was good. Until they ate the fruit. They only knew good. They didn't know evil. But when they ate the fruit, then the Bible said, now they got knowledge of good and evil. So when you have the knowledge of good and evil, that brings about choice. I can choose now. But in the beginning, they didn't have a choice. They only did what was right because they only had knowledge of good. See, the, the, the choice wasn't there. They only did good. And so that messes people up when you got too many choices. That's mess our children up. When they got too many choices. Where well, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I go here? Do I go there? When you got choices, mess your mind up. It clouds your mind. You gotta decide. And most of the time, they they choose. They make the wrong choices. Well, Adam and Eve, in Adam and Eve, in the beginning, there were no choices. I wish our world was like that now. There was no choice. I couldn't do nothing but right. I couldn't do wrong. I can't even choose wrong because there was no wrong. But when choices came about, now mistakes come. Yeah. You can get it wrong now. Mm-hmm. You can get it wrong or you can get it right because you got choices. Yeah. I wish it wasn't like that, but that's the way it is. Our world is filled with choices. But something, but something, let me something else go along with that. Along with choices comes what? Consequences. Mm-hmm. See, we messed up now. Mm-hmm. So now, so along with our choices uh come consequences. So now Paul said, I'm praying for you that you be filled with the knowledge to hear what we need now because we got choices, world full of choices. I'm praying that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, there it is, and spiritual understanding. Our people need to know something now. You need to know a lot about God because choices, choices, choices are here today. Choices and consequences. So, I'm praying that you get the knowledge of God with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse number 10 that you might walk worthy of the Lord and unto all pleasing. See, when you get the knowledge of God, you can walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. See, verse 10. And increasing in the knowledge of God. That's what God wants to do. Somebody say increasing. Some of us ain't getting nowhere. Some of us ain't getting nowhere. We, we just are worse than we were. Like we ain't getting no better. God is all about increase. You got to increase. You got to get a little bit better. Now you got to do a little bit better. You can't be like you were ten years ago and nothing. You got to get better and better and better and better. You got to be working on this thing. You you're in your marriage relationship. You got to get better. You can't be the same old guy you were ten years ago. You got to get better. Everything getting better. So God is about increasing. There it is. Verse. Do you see it? In verse ten, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, uh, being fruitful in every good work and increasing. There it is, increasing in the knowledge of God. You have to increase. I'm increasing. There, Lord, increase us. Somebody said, Lord, increase us every day. Increase me. I want. I want to get a little closer. I want to get a little closer today, a little closer tomorrow, a little closer the next day. Some of us ain't making no progress. Yeah, some I ain't getting, I heard a preacher, a preacher one day, and he said, I ain't, I ain't getting nowhere. <laughs> Lord, help that preacher. He said, I ain't getting nowhere. We got to be getting somewhere, y'all. We got to be getting, Lord, help me get somewhere. I don't want to be talking about, I ain't getting nowhere. I ain't got no help in here. I'm getting somewhere. Y'all getting somewhere, right? There it is right there. And verse number 11 says, he said, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. Oh, yeah, there it is. The grace of God come to strengthen you. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. Strengthen me with his might. With all might, there it is, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patient and long-suffering with joyfulness. Yeah, thank God for the strength. Then he said, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made me meek to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. So I'm giving thanks to God. God has strengthened me. I'm increasing, and I'm grateful today that God has made me partaker, uh, able to be a partaker of the the, the saints in life, that I, I have an inheritance among them that are saints. I'm so glad I'm a partaker here. Oh, yeah, I'm a partaker. I, I, I'm in there. I'm in there. I'm in the family of God. you in the family of God. I'm glad God has strengthened us with all might and given us understanding and wisdom. Now we are in the family of God. We're in there. I'm, Somebody I'm in the house. I'm in the family. God know me. And I know him. Strengthen me with all might according to glory, glorious power. And now we give thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, verse 13, I'm gonna, then we're going to move to something else. I'm going to let you go. Verse 13 says, uh, who has delivered us, y'all see it, from the power of darkness. Oh, my Lord. God, He strengthened us and has given us uh, to be partakers of the inheritor of the saints and light who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his son. I, I'm in the house. God has delivered me from, from the dark side. Somebody said dark side. Well, thank God. I don't want to be on the dark side. God brought us all out of the dark side. He delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his son. So God took me out of the kingdom. We used to sing a song a long time ago, Satan, we're going to tear your kingdom down. You know, he got a kingdom, y'all. He got a kingdom. Satan, God, we're going to tear your kingdom down. So God has translated from, we've been translated from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus Christ. God translated us into that kingdom. Thank God he delivered me and translated us into that kingdom. Let's go just a little bit further. Okay, uh, look at uh, 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 the book of Timothy. Timothy, turn there, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. We're going to wrap it up with this right here. God does not care where you were, but where you are right now. Where are you right now? Think about that. Where are you right now? Are you in a good place? I'm in a better place than I were last year. Somebody can say last year, this time I was smoking three packs of cigarettes. I'm in a better place now. Than I were last year. Somebody said this time last year, man, I was drinking like a I was drinking like a, 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 a crazy man. I'm in a better place now. This time last year, we was out there. Somebody was out there. So God is translating us. And so we are making progress. That's what it's all about. Life is about progress. It's all about progress. Now look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 4. 4. Y'all got it? And uh, take a look at verse number 6. Now this is Paul. His farewell speech right here. Paul is uh, facing death. And as he's facing death, he's trying to encourage a little Timothy to carry to work on. But he he got confidence. He has confidence e- even uh, in, in spite of he's facing death. Uh, he had to go before Nero, and uh, here in verse number six, chapter four, Second Timothy chapter four. Did I give you that? Second Timothy chapter four, and look at verse number six. He said, "For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand." So Paul knew he was getting ready to go. It's you know, it's 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 a blessing to be able to know. Uh, when it's time to go some people some people die death. and sometimes they know they're getting ready to go and sometimes death come suddenly and catch us off guard and we die in our sleep or we get killed uh just suddenly a shot or whatever however we might go suddenly but Paul God showed Paul his death and he knew when he was going getting ready to go. There were other people in the scripture Peter knew when his time was to go God revealed him to, to it to him. Uh, when you live in, in so in such a way in, in a good life, God gives us warning when to get ourselves together. You remember the story of Hezekiah. God told Hezekiah, He said, Hezekiah, set your house in order, because uh, you you gonna die. So God God gives him. Give us time time to get ourselves together uh, when we have that close relationship and that walk with him. He'll he'll warn you, start getting your business straight now. Start getting your business straight because time for a child of God to come home. So here Paul said, for I am now ready to be offered, verse 6, and the time of my departure is at hand. In verse 7, he went on to talk, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, verse 7 is very, very important. Paul said, I fought a good fight. So this man fought. He taught the saints everywhere and had to deal with a lot of resistance of those that were on the other side when it comes down to Christianity. But he said, I fought a good fight. And then he said, I finished my course. This this is something that we all want to be able to say. I finished my course. You know, some people, they they die right in the middle of their work and they don't finish it. Somebody else got to come finish it. Or oh, they're building a the building and they die and didn't get the building all built. Somebody else got to come build it or stay like it is in the city, come and demolish it. So Paul said, I finished my work. You know where he preached here? That city went over there, ran revival. He went over here and got folks saved. He went over there and got folks saved. And, and everywhere God had him to go, he, he went and he did it. And he said, well, now I, I finished my course. My assignment has been completed. You know, when your assignment is completed, there's nothing else for you to do but go home. That makes sense. Ain't nothing else to do but go home. I've done everything God told me to do. But you and I know leaders who had great assignments in their life that that the assignment wasn't wasn't complete. I, I, I can think of uh Martin Luther, you know what the the assignment God put up on his heart that did lead the people to uh, you know, better living condition and fight for the sanitation department, to fight for justice and all, all that, to, you know, when I'm talking about civil rights stuff, I, I feel like he probably would cut down early uh, than, 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 you know, than uh, should have been. I'm sure he had much more fight in him for the people than what was given to him by his life being cut off at such a, a early age. If his if, if life hadn't been cut off such an early if he had been among us today I don't believe we've been struggling with some of the things we're struggling with because of his voice would have been there to, to, to speak for us. You see what I'm saying? So he didn't finish his. He didn't finish his uh, course. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Y'all understand what I'm saying? He said, "I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith." That's very, very important. Henceforth, verse number AC. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, uh, the righteous Judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearance. So I thank God for Paul saying that. Paul said God got a crown of life laid up for him and not just for him. All of you that fight in a good fight of faith, hang on in there. Don't give up. I know we get tired. I'm tired. You tired. But you hang on in there. Don't give up. Don't throw in a towel. Don't quit like so many of them have done. Stay with God. Stay with God. I don't care what happened. The world blew up. I'm going to stay with God. I'm gonna stay with Him. I'm not gonna leave God. I'm gonna stay with Him. We got to. Okay, that's all we know. We got to stay with Him. The Lord is my helper. He's my strength. He's my high tower. He's my. He's everything everything to me. I I can't forsake him. There's nothing in the world that's good enough that will make me want to leave God. When Paul said I finished my faith, I kept my course, I kept the faith. Now they're laid up for me a crown of righteousness that the Lord gonna give me. Paul was waiting for his crown. I don't know about you but all the stuff that we done forsook and gave up think about what we left in the world. I've been serving the Lord over 40 something years. It was 1973 when I gave my life to Jesus, and I, I never stepped out of God. I never went out there in the world and started doing the crazy thing and tried to come back in. Cause I know a lot of my brothers and sisters that were with me. They stepped out there in the world and went and did the crazy thing and tried to come back, couldn't come back. When they came back, they were so crazy, they could still couldn't get it together. So I wound up going right back out there again. I thank God I've been in God. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm in God to stay. I ain't going nowhere. And I thank God for my mom when she was here. I used to say I said, I ain't going nowhere. Mom, you said the same thing. I ain't going nowhere either. Saints, get in God and stay in God. Don't go nowhere. Amen. Stay in God. Stay in Him. Stay with God. And He'll stay with you. God bless you. I hope I said something. Encourage you hard today. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.